This is a GRDC podcast. Faba bean is a relatively new crop in Australia. But did you know we are now the world's biggest exporter? Hello there, I'm Prue Adams. Faba bean and broad beans account for up to 15% of the annual Australian pulse crop. The southern region accounts for 70% of the area sown. Growers would be familiar with the diseases common to faba beans, in particular ascochyta blight and chocolate spot. The faba bean breeding program involves universities and other research institutes, and with GRDC investment, it's bred a number of varieties that are higher yielding and more disease resistant. I caught up with faba bean breeder and Adelaide University PhD student Sam Catt on one of the main field sites at Strathalbyn, southeast of Adelaide. Faba beans in Australia have been grown since about 1980. Since then, the production has really ramped up. We're up to around over 500,000 tonnes per year. It's grown mainly across the southern part of Australia, WA, South Australia and Victoria. Those two are the biggest producers. And then southern New South Wales, that's the southern region. And then into the north, there's northern New South Wales and southern Queensland also. And so the varieties that are grown in the different parts of Australia, are they the same or do you have to vary them, obviously, according to the location? Yeah, we certainly target them to the location. So we have separate varieties that are released to the southern region and they all come out of the University of Adelaide at the Wake Campus. The varieties that are released for the north come out of Sydney University out at Narrabri. So you're with the Faba Bean Breeding Program, which is a GRDC investment. Can you tell me about that program, when it started, what its key purpose is, and then sort of where you've gotten to with it? We've been working right from the start. The University of Adelaide's taken a lead in that program in that partnership with GRDC right from the early 80s. There's been different iterations of the program since that time. The current one has been running since 2016 due to end in 2019. We've then had some extensions and that will continue through to March 2023. In terms of outcomes, aims, we've really focused on developing improved varieties for growers to drive their profitability, looking at traits like yield, disease resistance, yield stability, and also incorporating new traits such as herbicide tolerance. So how successful has the program been in achieving those outcomes so far? We've done a really good job over the years. There's been lots of releases. We had Samira way back in 2013. That takes a little bit of time to build up, but that's the most prominent variety grown in Australia at the moment. It's got wide adaptation. Since then, we've had lines such as PBA Marne and PBA Bendock in 2018. Marne is more for your drier, shorter seasons. PBA Bendock is our first variety with the IMI tolerant trait, and that's been widely adopted, especially where growers have those broadleaf weed issues and they want to control that in crop. Since then, we've had PBA Amberley in 2019, and that's our newest variety for the southern region. That's got a yield advantage over PBA Samira, but also the best complement of disease-resistance traits, particularly for chocolate spot resistance. In the north, they've also produced a number of varieties, the latest being FBA Ayla, which came out just this year, and that's got a, a yield advantage of somewhere around 4 to 5% above Nanu, which was released in 2019. So you talked then about chocolate spot. So there are 
two sort of key diseases, I suppose. It's the ascochyta blight and the chocolate spot. Can you explain what they are and what they do to the plant and what you're doing to sort of overcome that? Yeah. Ascochyta blight and chocolate spot, they're both fungal pathogens. They infect the plant with lesions on the leaf, the stem. They can also get on the flowers and pods and they really can therefore affect yield. Ascochyta blight comes in earlier in the season in some cooler conditions, but chocolate spot seems to come a bit later. It needs more humid conditions and a bit of warmth, but with the right conditions, it can be devastating and really take hold and run through the crop. So the program is meant to come to an end in 2023. Is there more work to do? What's sort of on the boards beyond that, if anything? Yeah, plenty more work to do. We're currently negotiating a continuation of the program beyond March next year with GRDC, talking about how that investment might work. We're pretty hopeful we've got plenty more work to do, I think, as we are such a a young crop in Australia. We've got a lot of material that's in the early stages, a bit further back in the pipeline, that we're seeing big yield improvements and really incorporating all the different traits together. So a good complement of disease resistance, also working with new herbicide tolerances that growers haven't seen yet, and traits to focus on new markets, such as the plant-based protein market, which is a real kind of exciting area for beans in the future. There was an update, a breeding program update at the beginning of the year. Was there a list of what breeders and growers, I suppose for that matter, want done next in terms of what are the next lot of traits? Yeah, like you said, we have that meeting with us breeders and collaborators, partners, other research agronomists and some people from industry. We're really seeing a lot of talk about improved disease resistance, especially around chocolate spot, but also improving on the herbicide tolerance traits. But yeah, getting that feedback from growers has been really important and focusing and our targeted breeding for traits that they want to see because it's really, it's about the growers. Sarah Blake is a pulse pathologist for the South Australian Research and Development Institute, SARDI, the research division of the Department of Primary Industries and Regions in South Australia, which provides pathology services to the Farber Bean Breeding Program. I spoke with Sarah in a shade house at the Waite campus of Adelaide University, where she and her team were tossing out bean plants obviously affected by ascochyta blight, but they were keeping the healthy ones. So uh, what Sam has done is he's made a number of crosses in previous season and the material that we were selecting from today was an F3 set of material. So it's been through three sets of crosses. We've inoculated it around six weeks ago with an ascochyta spore suspension. That's something that we make up in the lab. We use a mixed set of isolates taken from disease samples that are brought in or delivered in by growers and agronomists each season and we select a a mixed set of isolates for including in this spore suspension before we spray it across the plants. And so after six weeks, we select out the material that doesn't have any lesions on the assumption that those plants that don't have lesions are resistant to the pathogen. And Sam can use that further in the breeding program for his crossing. 
and it has to go through a few different hurdles once it leaves these shade houses yes. uh, yeah. before it actually ends up in the breeding yeah, program. Yeah, so there's a series of stages in the pre-breeding and breeding program. So this is sort of one of the early stages where he's really just trying to find what lines have resistance, crossing them to other lines that have traits of interest. So whether that's a more upright habit or perhaps a herbicide tolerant trait and putting that through a number of challenges against disease because we don't want to release any varieties that have susceptibility to the main diseases we have issues with in the southern region. So the Ascochyta blight screening you're looking at today, Ascochyta is a major issue for the southern region. It's a cool weather pathogen. It's really a problem throughout winter in the early parts of spring. So there's often a lot of pressure in farmers' crops to control for that disease. And if we can eliminate that as one problem that growers have to deal with, then they are potentially putting out less input, so less chemical on their paddocks as well. What should growers be looking out for when it comes to ascochyta blight? So ascochyta, uh, we usually see initiating around that July or August period in the really cold sort of depths of winter. The lesion's quite distinctive. It has a white or a tan circular or sort of oval shape with black pycnidia in the centre and they are black spots that are fruiting structures of the pathogen. And in those pycnidia, the spores are housed. And so when we have a rain event with rain splash on those pycnidia, the spores will splash out and onto neighbouring plant tissue. So looking for that sort of black and white speckle in the lesion, that's typical of ascochyta blight. The lesions can actually also drop out of the leaf material, leaving a hole, so you might not see a lesion. But often if you were to scout around, you might find these typical black and white lesions throughout other parts of the crop. Thank you to Sarah Blake from Sardi and before her, Sam Catt from the University of Adelaide for speaking with us about the Faba Bean Breeding Program. This is a GRDC podcast. I'm Prue Adams. Thanks for listening. Listener.